I don't need to only serve when it, when it feels good, because it's not by choice, but by calling. I don't need to only serve when it benefits me, because it's not by choice, but by calling. God has called me here, and therefore, what do you do? You obey. You obey. You are obedient to God. And by the way, when you obey God, it does not even guarantee good results. Obedience does not guarantee success in the way you think success will look like. Actually, success is the obedience itself to God. But you obey God. You say yes to Jesus. You embrace your role in the body. Because you remember, it's not by choice, but by calling. God has called me to be here, to be a foot, to be an eye, to be hair. God has called me to be here. God has called me to be here. So embrace it. Number three, the last one. For you to embrace your role in the body of Christ, you must remember that your being in the body is not by gifting, but by grace. Your being, your place in the body is not by gifting, but by grace. Verse 17 says, If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Just as he wanted them to be. God says to you, you are an important part of this body. And in whatever role that God gives you, actually he gives you the grace to operate in that role. God gives you the grace to operate in the role that he has given you whether it's difficult or not. And this is quite important because Paul, he's talking after he has spoken about gifts, all kinds of gifts, but he wants people to remember that actually for you to be a part of the body, it's not because of the gift that you have or the gift that you don't have. It is by God's grace. If you have said yes to Jesus, it is by God's grace that you are here. It is by God's grace. I came to know Jesus when I was very young, I was very passionate about God, very passionate about Jesus. And I would go around into markets preaching the gospel, like, you know, standing in the middle of the market, just talking about Jesus. Like, look at this kid preaching Jesus, going to hospitals, praying for the sick. You know, uh, we don't see these guys so much now. I don't know what happened, but like, uh, maybe because we stopped doing this. But there would be people like stopping on the, like, Junction, mainly like in area three, you know, down there, you'd see on the people, somebody shouting, yeah, like preaching, like, yeah, Jesus. You just hear Jesus, like you don't hear what they're saying in the middle, but they want to talk to somebody who's like a, a kilometer away from them, you know. I was that guy, you know, shouting in the middle of the road, you know, preaching Jesus, loving Jesus, all my teenage years. And then there was a time. I think I was 20, 20, 21 or 20 years old, that I ran away from God. I stopped um, believing in God. I stopped loving God. In fact, the opposite happened. I hated God because uh, he never did some things that I wanted him to do. So I prayed over these things for a long time. never happened. So I ran away from God. And for me, it wasn't that I was angry with God. You can be angry with God, but I hated God. Like if I was walking and I would see a church in front of me, I would turn the other way. Because I didn't want to even come through a church. 
I even moved out of this city because I didn't want people that come to church to be like, hey, we're not seeing you. What's going on? What's happening? Hey, you're not coming to church. I hated God. If I would hear a song on radio about Jesus, I would turn it off. But the, the name Jesus and God disgusted me. I had so many Bibles that I threw away. And remember one day I saw this other one. I'm like, what? Why are you here? Took it, torn it apart. And threw it in the bin. That's how much I hated God. I was in that period for over two years. Until one day. Then I would say, I don't know why, but now I know it's because by God's grace. That God broke my heart. And for the first time, I just saw for the very first time how far I have fallen. You know, looking back to this kid who loved Jesus. And to this point, when I was doing stuff that I never dreamed I would ever do. And that day, God broke my heart came back to Christ. And for me to stand here, to be talking about the name of Jesus over and over again, like that's a miracle. Now that's grace. To be a pastor, that's actually grace because I never knew I would ever step on the doors of the church. But we thank God for his grace. Grace is unmerited favor. It comes to those that do not deserve it. We are here not by gifting by God's grace. Now we can use our gifts in the body, but our gifts never qualify us to be a part of the body. It is God's grace. Only God's grace invites us to be a part of the body. And Paul here is never advocating for sameness, like we should all be one thing. No. In fact, he says no. It doesn't have to be just an eye. It doesn't have to be just an ear. No. Every single part is important because the reality is that unity is never achieved in the absence of diversity, but actually in the celebration of diversity. That we're going to celebrate the different parts that God has given us. So therefore, it is grace and not gifting. And I was thinking about this. You know, Paul says there are certain parts that we treat with care. And actually we tend to not expose them. And there are certain parts that we don't even mind. Yeah? Be like, ah, oh, I want mind about the feet, about the hands. The parts we hide tend to be a bit, a little bit messed up, or maybe a bit smelly sometimes. I'm talking to people, you know what I mean? But they're still a part of the body. If we embrace that all of us are here by God's grace, there will be certain parts that will be more messed up than we realize. Or their stories, we are like, hmm, that story stinks a bit more than mine. But they never cease to be a part of the body. For we are not here by gifting, but by God's grace. Amen? So you're welcome here. You're welcome here. There are certain hindrances that maybe hinder us to really be the body that God wants us to be. And I want to just mention a couple of these before we finish, some hindrances that hinder us to leave us the body. And I think the first hindrance is inappropriate response to pain. Inappropriate response to pain. I just want to read you this, this uh, passage, verse 25. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. That pain 
needs to have a better way of response from every single one of us. But sometimes we have an inappropriate way that we respond to pain. You know, you laugh for those that need compassion and grace. You judge those that need mercy and grace. You gossip about those that need compassion and kindness. Inappropriate response to pain. When, you're, when you hurt your foot, guess what happens? Everything in your body goes there. Pays attention to it. Pays attention to it. And that's how it should be for us in the body. When one suffers, it's not vain. It's all of us are suffering. All of us are in pain. And we should respond to that with mercy and compassion and kindness. And that includes people that fall away. People that have lost their way. People that have made, are making mistakes. That we come and say, hey, we are never going to bash you while you're on the ground. In fact, we're going to surround you and come alongside you. Because we recognize there's a pain, a pain of shame that's happening there. And we don't need to bring condemnation, but we need to bring grace. Another hindrance for us being the body is pride of heart. Pride of heart. Now, pride shows up in two ways. Maybe you can think of this as two kinds of people that show pride. Number one, the first group of people are those people that act um, as though nothing can happen without them. Like, so they say, I don't need them, but they need me. You know? So I'm going to act. I'm going to do, I'm going to show you that, hey, I don't need you, but you need me. You cannot do this without me. You need me. That's pride. That's pride. But the second group, or the second kind of pride is, it shows up when you, when you say, I'm too messed up to be used by God, so therefore I'm not going to get involved at all. I'm never going to embrace my role in the church because I'm just so messed up. That's also a form of pride. The first one shows that God is too small to do his work without them. So I think God is too small, like, God can never do his work without this person. That's pride. But the second group shows that God is too small to work through their imperfections. They think that they need to be perfect before God works or uses them. That's actually a pride. God is too big. God is bigger than your imperfections. God is bigger than your track record. God is bigger than your regrets. He is so big. And he can work with you and he can use you. He can use you even when you are not perfect. So check. Check your heart. Check yourself. Are you going and getting involved because you feel like nothing can happen without you? Or are you running away and not getting involved because you feel like you are too imperfect to be used by God? You are so messed up to be used by God. God wants us to embrace humility. Humility that we know that God is bigger than us and he could do his work without us. But what a privilege that we've got that we can partner with him as he's doing his work in the world. But also God is so big than us that he could use us even though we are not perfect. The last hindrance to us living as the body is our failure to respond to God's activity in our lives. We need to be responding to what God is doing. God is building something in you. Can you respond to that? One of our values is responding to God's activity for transformation. That God is doing work in every single one of us. And are we willing to say yes to that work that he's doing in us? 
all kinds of callings that God has put in our lives. So, you need to embrace your role. You need to embrace your role. How do you start? Where do you start from? I just have a few practical things. Maybe you can start. Maybe three suggestions where you can start from. Number one, pay attention to what you are noticing. Pay attention to what you are noticing. You know, there are certain things that only you see them and nobody else does. You know? Where you say, like, I wish he can see it the way I see it. And all the married women said, amen, right? <laughs> I wish they could see it the way I see it. I wish they can pay attention to this. You know, you're coming to be like, I cannot believe, Pastor, you're not seeing the brokenness in this space. Are you seeing that should happen differently than the way it is happening? So pay attention to what you're noticing. You might be the only one seeing it. And often when God opens our eyes to something, it's God's invitation for us to, to act on it. So that could be your role in the church. Maybe you've noticed the brokenness. Something is missing that you're noticing. Pay attention to it and jump on it. Number two, pay attention to what you're good at. Pay attention to what you're good at. What are you good at? You know, maybe some of you are just great at, like, hospitality. You know, you're like, you don't mind hosting, you know, 10 people within a, every week. Like, 10 people come to your house. You love cooking big meals. I don't know, I'm just picturing Cindy uh, Christmas at the moment. She loves to do this. You know, like people are just coming, like, you know, giving them great cooking and stuff like that, right? You're just good at this. And somebody comes and be like, how do you manage to do this thing? And you're like, what kind of question is that? Is there a problem? Is there anybody else in the world who cannot do this? What do you mean? I thought everybody does this. No, you're the only one. You're good at this thing. So you're good at, at it. Pay attention to it. You know, some of us maybe struggle to get there, but you just, it's second nature to you. It's good. So pay attention to what you're good at. That could be where you start from your role in the church. And lastly, start from where you are. Start from where you are. You don't need to have it all together. You don't need to have, to have it all perfect, figured it out. No, you can just start from where you are. And this is comforting because I think often we think that our role in the church will only be uh, in public ministry. Like, you know, that maybe you're standing up here or you're a ministry leader or whatever. No, you can actually do a lot of work behind the scenes. You know, thinking about this, I was just thinking of a couple in our church, uh, Ken and Alison London. You know, they, um, you know, I, often I hear from young people giving testimonies of like, hey, so I was just meeting up with Ken this week. Uh, I've had a few meetings with him. Uh, they'll be the last people, one of the last people that, you know, leave the church because they're talking to new people and stuff like that. And they have such a huge ministry. Um, and they don't realize it, but they're so good at it. You know, and there's so many of you that do stuff behind the scenes, stuff that we don't see. I appreciate that. Not all ministry needs to be public. God calls us to be a part of the body. Now, we've been talking about us not doing church by being the church, and we have spoken about this. We can come to this point and be like, oh, yeah, this was a great sermon series. We're good. Thank you, uh, teaching team. But actually... It will be all for nothing if we are not willing to actually be the church. I think this is going to have an impact if we're really going to take steps. We have learned 
But being the church means we are supporting each other, even when it's an inconvenience or maybe sometimes uncomfortable. We have learned that being the church means that we are learning to love well, even when we don't feel like it. Being the church means that we are seeking unity, even with those who have different opinions from us. Because we realize we would rather sacrifice preference on the altar of community rather than sacrifice community on the altar of preference. We've been learning that the, being the church means being generous with each other. Not out of abundance, but out of trust. We have learned that being the church means that we are being devoted to Jesus because without Jesus we are nothing. We've been learning that being the church means that we live as though we are a people that are set apart by God for his kingdom to be on full display in the world. And we're learning that being the church means that we, every single one of us, are a part of the body and our role is important in the body. And just imagine the impact that this would have on every single one of us if in this church we were to actually live out this reality, this kind of church. Just imagine the impact we would have in our community if we were to be the church in this city. Just imagine the transformation that would come out of this. Lives being changed. Lives being touched by Jesus because we are being the church. Just close your eyes for a moment. Some of you maybe already know where God is calling you to step up. Just like I know God is calling me either to do more of this or to start doing that. What if you just take a moment to pray for yourself, that God strengthen me, help me to jump into this that you're calling me. And some of you are like, I, actually, I don't know if I have an idea of how I could be involved, how I could be the church. Maybe just come to God's spirit and say, may you reveal it to me. Show me, God. Help me, God. Help me, Lord. Just pray for yourself. Just take a moment to pray for yourself. Just see how God wants you to respond to his call on your life. Jesus, we come to you. You're calling us to be the body of Christ, to be the church. God, I pray as a congregation that you help us to leave this out, not out of guilt, but out of our love for God, not out of wanting to get compliments or validation, but because we love Jesus, because we are responding to God's love for us. So help us, God, to be the church. And I pray, Father, that may you be an encouragement to every single one of us. May you begin to move in our hearts so that we can respond to your invitations. I thank you, Lord, for your kind and your good. In the name of Jesus, amen. May we stand as we worship God one more time.